The message you are about to listen to is from the 2020 Annual Conference of the Household of David, themed Mercy. Be blessed as you listen. I'll be teaching you something about mercy today and let you see an important aspect of mercy that you and I have a part to play. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 5, 7 and Luke 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 and then Luke chapter 6, verse 35 and 36. Matthew 5, 7. Jesus was preaching his first message, otherwise known as Sermon on the Mount. A total of 111 verses. Matthew 5, 6, 7. There was an Indian prime minister so many years ago by the name of Mahatma Gandhi. When someone went to him and asked, can you just give us an idea of something that can make the world a better place? That man, he never claimed to be a Christian. He was not one. He practiced his Hindu religion. But he said, if everybody in this world will read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and practice what it says, is that this world will be a better place. So we're just going to take one line. We're just going to take one verse out of 111 verses. And we're going to see what it says. And then we're going to take some other thing from the Gospel of Luke. And then I'll be sharing the word of God with you the way it has been committed unto me. Matthew 5, 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy Luke chapter 6 what does he say Luke chapter 6 verse 35 and 36 says but love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your heavenly father. As your father also is merciful. By the grace of God today. I will be speaking on the subject, learning to be agents of mercy in this world. We are about to learn how to be agents of mercy in this world. So it's a learning time. It's a time for spiritual education. We want to learn... about how to be agents of mercy in this world. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you for your loving kindnesses and tender mercies. 
We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come into your presence with thanksgiving. We thank you, O oh God, for the people who honor the sound of my voice. I ask today that you help them in such a way that their ears will be listening, their minds will be open, and their spirits will be receptive. I also want to pray that your word and your spirit will have a free cross among us, among them, and it will be glorified. But above everything else, O oh God, the things that we learn and receive and hear and see today help us to be doers and not just hearers only. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the adoration. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had the opportunity of knowing the main thrust of this church which simply is to raise up people after God's heart. To raise up people who are going to be like David. We are told in 1 Samuel 13, 14, Acts 13, 22, that David was a man after God's own heart. But let me say this to you. Why you can make your pride in the fact that that is the commitment God has given you by the grace of God tonight, I want to deal with something which I believe God wants us to receive training about and it he wants us to use in reaching to the world around us. I want you to, to know that God wants you to receive training about something which he wants you to use to reach out to the world around us. It is my belief God wants us to be agents of mercy in the world because there is not enough mercy in the world. God wants us to be providers of mercy. And for us to do that, we need to learn to be able to do it. If you're going to do well as a husband, you're not born with it, you have to learn it. If you're going to do well as a wife, you're not born with it, you have to learn it. The Bible says in Proverbs 1.5, Proverbs 9.9, 9, Proverbs 16.21, it says in God wants us to increase in learning. So we want to learn something that will help us become agents of mercy in the world of today. We want us to be providers of mercy because there is no enough mercy in this world. And you and I are his battle axe. Where is weapon of war? When God wants to communicate something to a people, he gets men. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 4 says, Unto men will I call, my voice shall be to the sons of men. Jeremiah 5 where God said, I sought for a man. Psalm 17 verse 14 says, Men are the hand of God. Ezekiel 22 30 says, God, I mean, man, I mean, he's seeking for a man. So if God wants to communicate something to our world, what he needs, man. Because man are still the most important piece in his instrument case. If God wants to bless you, send a man. If he wants to help you, he send a man. If he wants to give you money, he does not print money and make them fall on the floors of your room. He will use man. So, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
as believers. We need to get to learn how to be a minister of mercy. We need to learn it. Isaiah 170 says, learn to do well. If you want to preach well, you learn. If you want to pray well, you learn. If you want to give well, you learn. If you want to relate to people, you learn. So learning is one of those things that you and I never stop practicing. Philippians 4 9 said, The things you have learned, you have received, you have heard, and seen in me, do it. The reason why we are given the Bible is because we are going to learn. Romans 15 verse 4. It said, These things have been written for our learning, to, to the true patience and comfort of the scriptures. We may have hope. So if they are going to do well, if they are going to be an agent of mercy, a purveyor of mercy, a conductor of mercy, you are going to have to learn. That's what I want to do tonight. To let you know what it means when we say mercy. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Because some people have an idea about what mercy needs, but their conception of it is limited. Their conception of it is limited. Mercy is part of the nature of God. It is multifaceted. But many times, we only know one or two aspects of mercy. So I want to show you other aspects of mercy so that your heart will be open to it and then you'll be able to communicate it by being an instrument of God's mercy in this world. In this world, we don't have enough mercy yet. And we need a lot of mercy. And God is merciful. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 1.3 that is the father of mercies. The God of all comfort. But you see, whenever God wants to get something across, he gets hold of some people. When I saw the word that God gave you for this year, 2020, that he gave you the word mercy, I want to understand that a word from God is one of the most powerful things you can receive. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 11, as an apple of gold in a picture of silver, so is the word that is still spoken. Isaiah 9, 8 says, God sent the word to Jacob, and it became the light within which Israel traveled. God's word is a light. Psalm 119, verse 105, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. When God wants to change a man, he sends him a word. So many years ago, he sent me a word. December 19, 1981, I had a voice that said to me in the English language, I have called thee, I have chosen thee, I have ordained and anointed thee to take my word to the nations, emphasizing its integrity. When he sent me that word, I mean, I was not even two years old in the Lord. I got born again in 1980. To be precise, I got born again on September 28, 1980. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit September 29, 1980. This call was coming one year and three months after. But that word eventually revolutionized my word. So shall my words be. Isaiah 55, 11. That proceed out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I wish and prosper in that into which I send it. He gave me that word, and that word became the it became the pivot.
of which my life is as moved. I know that word mercy given to you is an insight into what the will of God is for you. That word mercy given to you is not just an insight, it's a proclamation about what the plans and the intentions of God are for you. So those word, the word mercy that God has given you is expected to change you and turn you around into an instrument of that exact word. When God gave me that word, 1981, that word became what turned my life around. And God had been using me in so many places to impact people, churches, conferences, seminars, with the word of God in such a way that the word produced in their lives what it produced in my life. So for God to choose you as agent of mercies, you need a little bit of learning. You need a little bit of learning. And we need to learn how to be agents of mercies. Now, usually when we talk about mercy, I mean in the general sense, we refer to two things. One, forgiving people who don't deserve it. And then two, helping people who cannot help themselves. But mercy is broader than that. It is multifaceted. We are going to be looking at seven different facets of mercy so that you understand what God is talking about. And then you put it to practice. James 1, 21, put away all filthiness and superfluity of dirtiness and receive with meekness the granted word which is able to save your souls. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only. So God is not just saying it's going to I mean, mercy so that you and I can receive mercy. But you and I can also share it. You and I can become tools in his hands. In this world. In this world. Not only in your city, not only in your family. But in this world. So that it will transform many of our existing relationships. And the one that God is going to bring us into as the days go ahead. But before we look at how to practice mercy in our relationship. I want to deal with why we should be merciful. Human beings, we are rational people. A rational person is someone who does something for a reason. If I'm going to be merciful, why should I be? Why should I be an agent of mercy? I'm going to give you about five or six or seven points quickly under that. Why we should be merciful? Why should I be merciful? Why should I show mercy to people? Why should I be merciful? Why should I be merciful? Number one, the first reason is because God has shown you mercy. God has shown you mercy. The word of God tells us that God who is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2, 4, 5. He said he's rich in mercy. God who is rich in mercy has shown us mercy. So he wants us to act in the same way. He has shown us mercy... So he wants us also to show people mercy. Matthew 10, 8, he said, freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Why should I show mercy? Because I have been a recipient of mercy myself. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't be where you are today and be alive, if not of his mercies. 
the word of God says in Lamentation 3.22, it's of the lost masses that we are not consumed. Not because we are smart, not because we have all the security gadgets around us, but God's mercy is one of the sustaining powers that keeps us alive. So, the first reason why I want you to, to show people mercy or to be used as an agent of mercy is because you too have received mercy. I was telling someone recently who was telling me Yoruba language, Mora Anuba. I said, Do you think you just bahanu like that without sharing it? You accept Jesus, you need to share Jesus. You receive money, God has said, Don't give money. He says, Give and it shall be given. So if you have been a recipient of everything, the responsibility is on you to also share it. That's the first reason why you need to show mercy. Number two reason why we need to be merciful is that God commands us to be merciful. Deuteronomy 12, 32 says, Whatsoever I command you, that shall you do. Proverbs 13, 13, He that despises the word of God shall be destroyed. He that hacketh to the commandment shall be rewarded. Now, why should I show mercy is commanded. Is commanded. It's an order. Now, in the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, listen to what God says. He said, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. And He said three things there. Number one, to walk humbly. Number two, to do justly. Number three, to love mercy. God said, I want you to love it. Not that I want you to love it and accept it, but I want you to love also. Being an agent, being a tool through which my mercy can tell people. Because whether you know it or not, we are battle axes, we are women of war. So we are commanded to be merciful. One over three of our lives should be dedicated to communicating mercy. In actual fact, when Jesus was here, in the book of Hosea 6, 6, he quoted that verse of scripture at least two times. He quoted it in Matthew 9, 13. He quoted it in Matthew 12, 7. He said, mercy is better than worship. He said, mercy, that he, he wants mercy above worship. You see, many times people who lay emphasis on worship, there's nothing wrong with that. But the practical expression of the love of God in your heart is that you communicate the mercy of God to people. You let people become aware that the mercy of God is available. So the second reason why you need to be merciful is that it is commanded. Be ye therefore merciful. That is what we read about in Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Number three reason why you and I need to show mercy is because he has given us the capacity to do it. God will never expect you to do what you can do. Whenever God wants us to do something, He first of all gives you capacity. He wants us to love because He has given us the capacity to love. He wants us to give because He has given us the capacity to give. He wants us to pray because He has given us capacity. So why should I show mercy? Because you already have the capacity. You have it in you. 
you have it in you it's already in you anybody who have tasted of the mercy of god in any way should know that they already have the capacity to show mercy it is something you can do but it's not many things it's not something that many people do but god wants to show mercy because you have the capacity philippians 4 13 god will never ask you to be merciful if you don't have the capacity god will be asking us to do what we can do god is not asking you to swim because he didn't give the capacity of a fish but whatever god requires us to do he has already given us the capacity of number four is it number four now the fourth reason why you need to be merciful to show mercy is in order to stimulate other people in order to encourage other people the best thing you can be to anybody is an example the reason why mercy is not very common as it were today as it should be is because many people are not showing it churches are not showing it families are not showing it individuals are not showing it because when people see your light they will come and walk in that light first timothy 4 12 he said every man despise that you but be that an example jesus showed us the example of showing mercy in john 8 there was a woman that was caught in the very act of adultery and they brought the woman to jesus and said look we caught this woman this is what she was doing now what jesus showed her on that occasion is mercy and the intention is to inspire inspire the apostles to show the same in luke chapter 9 you can read from verse 51 to 56 jesus was about to pass through a particular place as he was going to pass through the place the samaritan said no we are not going to allow you to pass through this place and one of the apostles said let us call fire down from heaven and Jesus said, no, you won't do that. You know not what of spirit you have. The love of God is shared upon your heart. You are, you are not supposed to do that. You are not supposed to destroy lives. You are supposed to show mercy. So I don't just have capacity to show mercy. But I also have a responsibility as it were. To, 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 to make sure I inspire other people. I inspire other people. One day I was driving. This is outside this country. And the car was driving, the man just came off and wrecked the car. Blah! He came out, said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I looked at him so sweetly. I said, I hope you're not injured. He was looking at me. He had never seen anything like that. He thought I was going to say, bring, bring. I said, no, 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 don't worry. Where will you want to repair your car? Now, he was guilty, yes. But what did the guilty need? Mercy. Not judgment. So I said, okay, don't worry. Let me take you to a place where I know they will get the car fixed. I didn't even talk about my own car. But I fixed it anyway. And I fixed his own car. And then he looked at me and said, why are you doing this? And then I told him, I'm a, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Christian. I have Jesus in my life. He said, only Jesus can do this. He said, I've never thought that a human being in this part of the world can do exactly what you've done. I said, well, I'll give you an example. If somebody hits your car in future, you do the same as well. Now, so why am I supposed to, to show mercy 
I'm supposed to show mercy in order to inspire others. Jesus said in John 13, 15, I have given you an example. As I have done, even so do we. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, Christ has left for us an example that we should walk in his steps. So all these reasons are part of the reasons why you must show mercy. Let me give you two more. Huh? Another reason why we should be merciful is because you are going to need mercy in the days ahead. You can't get everything right all the time. You are going to need mercy. And let me say this to you. James 2, 13 says, He will have judgment without mercy who have shown no mercy. The reason why you need to show mercy is because you will have judgment without mercy if you don't show mercy. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Hosea 10, 12. Sow to yourself in righteousness. Reap in mercy. You see that? Reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. So you are going to need mercy. You are not going to be perfect between now. And when we all go to eternity, you are going to need mercy. And if you are going to need mercy, then you are going to have to begin to show it now. You see, the reason why at times when you get into trouble, you never express mercy, is that when people got into trouble with you earlier, you never gave them mercy. You never showed them mercy. And so it is what you sow that you reap. If you sow to the wind, you reap one wind. If you deal with people, people generally, without mercy, then expect to be dealt with mercilessly as well. So it's important for you to show mercy because until and when you begin to show mercy, you need to understand that you need mercy in the future. I mean, I've had mercy, I've experienced mercy in the future part of my life. I mean, many times I've experienced mercy, but I always owe it to the fact that when it was my turn to sow, I sow the right seeds. I sow the right seeds. So an opportunity to show mercy is an opportunity to invest in yourself. It's an opportunity to pro protect yourself. It's an opportunity for you to get in a position where mercy will be. There is no time in my life where I've been at a crossroad and I need mercy. And I don't just, I go to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy. The Bible says you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. Hebrews chapter 4 that I just quoted, verse 16 says, Come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that you may receive grace and find mercy to help in the time of need. You cannot expect to find mercy if you have not sown mercy. So sow the right seeds so that you can experience the right harvest. When you need someone to have mercy on you, if you have been sowing mercy, you will experience that mercy. I've been in instances where I remember when I went to Scotland, that is 93, and I went to six Scottish cities, Falkirk, Aloha, Dumbarton, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, and uh, so six of them. And I mistakenly, one time, I mistakenly, mistakenly, crossed into an area I was not supposed to cross into. Some two thugs just came out with knives. They said, we'll kill you here today. Don't you see that there's nobody on this bridge? Why did you wander on this bridge? I was, I was looking at them. But inside me I said, God, 
you know I have also had Marcion people, my students, my tenants. You know I have had mercy on them. Lord, remember me. So they remove my clothes. They, they rest my clothes like this. In those days, I never used to wear my trousers like this with buckle. It was rope. So one of them looked at him and said, Oh, the man is already poor. He cannot even wear a foot belt. You know, God turned the whole thing around like foolishness. They said, You can go, you can go. You see, that is because you have sown the right seeds. And so you need to remember this. Let me give you one more point here. Another another reason why you need to why, why, another reason why you need to show mercy is that doing so will bring or cause happiness in you and happiness in the people that you show mercy to. The man whose car repaired, you can see all over him happiness. And for me to be so gracious, it also made me feel happy. If you are mean, you are wronging your own soul. Proverbs eleven seventeen, He said, the merciful man doeth good unto his own soul. The wicked man troubleth his own flesh. The merciful man, you do good to your soul. Let me read. I have a translation here. It says, your own soul is nourished when you show mercy. So, when you show mercy, your soul is nourished. Nobody can feel bad that they showed mercy. Nobody can. Nobody can. I remember January, June 20th, 2002, when some people came to my house with guns, AK-47 rifles. And they showed me a picture of myself. And I said, is this you? I said, yes. They said, we are not publishers of magazine. And we are not celebrity hunters. We have been paid to kill you. So, get into the vehicle, or we kill everybody in the compound. I entered. I entered the vehicle. Trusted in what? His masses. Psalm 52 verse 8. He said, I'm a, I'm a green only tree in the house of the Lord. I trust in the master of the Lord forever. I entered the vehicle and I was telling I was telling God in that vehicle, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. I started quoting as many scriptures as I can remember. Psalm 145 verse, Psalm 145 verse 8. I think so. The Lord is good to all. He said, the Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. And I stand myself. I was putting my trust in the mercy of God. Because these were people who had been giving money to kill me. And so when we were going, the man looked at me like this. He said, what do you do for a living? Well, he said, because we noticed that when we came to capture you, you were not behaving like all other people. Because by now, when we come to capture people like that, within the first 30 minutes, they will have been vomiting and screeching and crying and calling their mother and their father and their grandfather. He said, but you seem so serene. What is my trust in the masses of God? But you see, I can trust because I've sown seeds. I've sown seeds. I can trust because I've followed Jesus' example. Christ has given an example. So it's important for you to realize that. So... After they now looked at me and the one said, he said to me, he said, 
He said, hey, is what you do for a living? I said, I'm a man of God. He said, what's the meaning of that? Man will know. God will know. Which one is man of God? Because these people were from the Republic. They were not from Nigeria. They are from the Republic. So the man said, look, we have we been searching. What is it that you do? I said, I'm a pastor. The man shouted, Aah! I said, what happened? He said, this business that I'm doing, I've been doing it for five to six years now. I said, what business? He said, killing people. He said, it's a very lucrative business, if I don't know. He said, at times you could do ten, you could do seven, you could do as many. In a week, in a month. I said, eh? He said, I've given us money. He said, but I went to my father. I went to my father. And I asked my father to bless me. When I was going to start this business, I said, so what happened? He said, my father blessed me. But my father said, I should promise him one thing. That the day they ask him to kill a pastor, he should not do it. Because the day he kills a pastor, that is when the, he himself dies. Because God will follow you until he executes judgment for his servant. He said, so now that you have said you are a pastor, we can't go on again. We can't go on again. I said, so what? He said, we'll tell you to go. Ah, I was looking at him. He, he, said, he said, I feel happy. Because it's the first time in five or six years that I've allowed someone who they have been paid to kill. We allow them just to go like that. He said, I have a joy. He said, go to church on Sunday. And do a special time meeting. If you don't do it properly, we are going to send people there. If you don't do it properly, we are going to come back. And we are going to do whatever I want to do. I said, eh, so what now? He said, we leave you. He dropped, they dropped me back. And they dropped me off. By the time those people came to capture me, my wife had gone to the commission of police then. I told the commission of police that, ah, this has happened. So the commission of police asked him, how were they? How did they come? How did they come? What were they like? He said, there are four of them with guns. Eh? My wife saw them on me, but did not come out. Wisdom is the principal thing. <laughs> so, so the commissioner of police told my wife, said, if that is the way they came, your husband will be dead by now. He said, no, my husband will not die. He said, if it is just one second or one step before it happens, he said, something's going to happen. The man said, I know what I'm saying, you know, because I've been at this work for a long time. And my wife told the man, giving a good confession, that I know my husband. He will have spoken to God. And God will have intervened. When my wife went back home, when I got home, she was shocked, said, oh, you're back. Yes. You're welcome. So on Sunday, I preached. And then I lay on the rug. And I rode from one end of the rug to the other end. Rode, and rode, and rode, and rode. Now, but I could see the joy, not just in me, receiving mercy, but the joy in them, giving me mercy. When you have mercy on people, when you, have, when you become an agent of mercy, it increases your joy. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 21, he that despises his neighbor it. he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. You see that? It means, it brings happiness. You have a feeling of joy that is probably not there 
by not so you and I can be agents of mercy and it will tremendously bless our lives. So, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that this year God wants to teach us. He wants to teach us, He wants to instruct us, He wants to expose us to information, insight, example in the scriptures, so that you and I can learn how to be agents of mercy. At times, I just see people and I just want to be an agent of mercy. I just want to touch their lives. I just want to help them out. I just want to provide solution. Even if they don't ask me, I have eyes. God uses his eye to give mercy. Second Chronicles 16.9 The eyes of the Lord only to have to the Lord to show himself strong on behalf of those who have. God uses his eyes. He sees. Not until someone begs you. At times I just put a lot of money in my pocket. And I begin to share. At times I go, whenever I travel, I bring four boxes full of clothes, shoes, wristwatches, and I just, I just share in mercy. They didn't ask me for it. They never sent me for it. I just share, buy phones, give it out to people. Why? I see myself as learning to be an agent of mercy. You can never be an agent of mercy without learning it. Without learning to be an agent of mercy. So tonight, I want to give you some insights if you are going to be able to effectively discharge your duties in your ministry of mercy. Because we did it. The body of Christ is full of a whole lot of selfish people. They have received mercy. But you have not given to anybody. You get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can. That's not God's intention of giving you mercy. Jesus Christ came to show mercy. We owed a debt we could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Why? To give us an example that we should follow in his steps. So it's important for you to know this. So in the next few minutes, I want to now describe, I want to now describe um, what I call our ministry of mercy. How do I show mercy? I'm going to describe some scenarios to you that will let you know this is the length, the breadth, the height, and the width of what mercy means. People think it's only God who shows mercy. No, you and I ought to. Be ye therefore merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. Romans chapter 8 verse 9, whosoever does not have the Spirit of Christ is none of his. And that is the Spirit that I think we should have. The church will be the better place if we all see ourselves as agents of mercy. That was what happened in the early church. Nobody told them to buy land, to sell their land and bring the price to the feet of the apostle. It was their heart desire to be used as agents of mercy that made them do it. That made them do it. The Bible said those who have land sold. Today, those who have money buy land. In the Bible, they, they sold the land. Jesus told that rich young ruler in Mark 10, he said, go sell out what you have. Give to the poor. Then come, take up your cross. The Bible said he went away sorrowful. For as long as you don't want to show mercy, your possession will breed worms. Will breed worms. So you and I must desire 
to be agent of mercy. So in the next few minutes, I'm going to explain to you what it means. How do I, or how do we show mercy? And I'm going to tell this, I'm going to explain it each after the other. And that is what mercy entails. Mercy is not the good kind of feeling that you experience when God just touches you. Ah, I receive mercy. Lord, give me mercy. When, listen, I'll say this to, to the glory of God. The greatest power that I've come to experience in life is the power of God's mercy. When I pray for women who are waiting on God, I always ask, Lord, show them mercy. Show them mercy. Show them mercy. Mercy is such a potent force that if we release it in the church, in our families, and in every existing relationship, there will be none that lack. In the early church, none lacked. In the church of today, many lack. Although the young lion don't suffer lack, but they that seek the Lord will not want anything good. But why is it that people are in the church are expressing lack? Because there's not enough mercy in the world. Revenge, retaliation. Look at what happened to Iran. If they are saying, okay, don't no, no worry. Leave them. They would have killed their own people. Now the tension in the country has turned on its head. The tension is no longer against the United States, it's against the leaders of the country. Because that's the price of revenge. Many of us love to revenge. Many of us want to get even. But that's not, that's not what the word of God teaches us. Psalm 144 verse 1. Blessed be the Lord God who kept my hands to warn my fingers to fight. I believe we should learn to fight with mercy. We should learn to fight with mercy. Just show mercy. Proverbs 10 12. He that he says, hatred stirred up strife. He said, But love covereth the multitude of sin. Many times we should allow mercy to prevail. I remember one day we were speaking with some Yoruba guys and we were saying that uh, if the chicken, if the chicken uh, messes up with my drug, I will also take its egg and break it. One man said, That's not enough. I will not only take the egg and break it, I will also cut its leg so that no, no cock will mount it again. You see that? That's the act of a heart. Now, how do I show mercy? Or how do I show mercy? How do I fulfill what God calls my ministry of mercy? Because you have it. I have it. A ministry of mercy, a ministry of compassion is the ministry that is most potent. When people do things out of mercy, you see God's power move. You see God's grace showed. You see transformation that is uncommon. I have been all over the world and I tell people this. I go to the places I go. I remember one time I went to Siberia. When I got to Siberia, so I thought there were not, there were not going to be Nigerians there. So I asked the people who convened the meeting, I said, are there Nigerians there? They said, yes. I said, ah. They said, we'll bring them tomorrow. So they went and brought 21 of them. And most of them were from the eastern part of this country. Ibo Kwenu. 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 So I, I, I spoke to these, I spoke to these people. I said, I said in Igbo language, I said, Ogini Kina Shweba. 
What are you looking for here? So they said to me too, Ogini Kimash. Then I told her, I said, it was love that brought me. It was love that brought me. It's one of the most difficult places I've ever preached. When I went to Somalia and Sudan, I didn't go to Somalia and Sudan to look for anything. There was nothing. There was, there was no honorarium. There was nothing. It was a member of a church who read engineering, who now started work, working with Slumberjay. And Slumberjay was doing some work for the Sudanese and the Somalian government. And so this guy said, Daddy, please come to Somalia. You see, when we allow things to flow from mercy, it's spotted. When we got there, there was no church service. They never call it church service. They call it family meeting. No light. In that kind of place, it's good to be a walking Bible. Because there was no light at all. Because if anybody sees anybody, they can report them to the government. And it is death. And I asked myself, I remember one night, overhead, where I was sleeping, I was saying to myself, who kill what they be by you? But it's because I love mercy. I love mercy. He has shown you my word is good. And what the Lord requires from you. To do good, I mean to work humbly, and to love, to, to do justly, to work humbly with your God, and to love mercy. Mercy is a potent force. Let me now show you what showing mercy entails. Number one. These are the things that show, these are expressions of mercy. These are the ramifications of mercy. These are the scope of mercy. These are the dimensions of mercy. All these things I will be sharing with you show the length, the breadth, the height, and the width of mercy. So if you are going to be an agent of mercy, you must first of all know what it is. You must first of all know what it is. Number one, as much as possible, be patient with people's peculiarities, mannerisms, odd behavior, and irritating habits. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. All of us, like others, have certain things about us, like the way we speak. I've ever seen somebody speak and just feel like, ah, saliva all over the place. Ah. But you know what mercy is? To be patient with such conduct. The way we think, have, have you ever had somebody think and say what they think? Say, ah, who are you <laughs> But you know, you can be patient with it. That's mercy. Ability to be patient with people's peculiarities, mannerisms, or behavior, and irritating habits. The way we speak, the way we think, the way we act, that have a tendency to put off people. You know there are some people you sit near them in church and you say, Oh now you see you are not being merciful. The way that man is sounding, that's the way God made him. I was near one man for for a flight of six hours. Everyone was like, oh. I was learning how to show mercy. Let me give you a good example here. This happened to me personally. In our church back in the Lorium. There used to be a boy I used to call Bartholomew. Bartholomew was uh, somebody that God used to teach me mercy. Bartholomew. We call him Bartholomew because you know Bartholomew is one of the apostles of Christ. But you never hear him do anything or achieve anything. He was just one of the number. So this Bartholomew will come sit in the corner in the church. 
It's like he has reserved the seat, like some of us. You know, there are some people, they have reserved the seat to the point that if everybody sits down, they say, stand up. As if they own the space. So, but Romeo was like that. Every time I said, Bato, and I said, Bato, so he decided to deal with me. He now went and printed t shirts yellow, red, black, blue, and he wrote across the chest only one single statement Be patient, God is not through with me yet. So whenever I, start, I see him and I say, Bato, he said, <laughs> when he did that, he taught me a lesson. I was not patient with him, but what now taught me the greatest lesson was that so many years after, Bato left Hillary, we didn't hear of him again. And so one day I was in a cancer. And whenever I go to a community, I want to know who is who there the leading ministers, the young boys, the people who are just coming up, the people who are making waves, and so on. So I always visit them. So I said, please, who is the one that is really doing something here? And he said, there's a man. I said, okay, please, book an appointment with him so that I can come and say hello to him. We pray, we share times, and, you know, men of like passion, we share ideas, we share with each other. So they went and booked. One thing that amazed me was that the man did not even give them another date. He said, is he available to come today? He said, yes. He said, guest minister in our church. And we have finished our conference today. And he wants to spend two other days to refresh and recharge and so on. And so, when I got there, lo and behold, battle. Lo and behold, battle. So you show mercy by being tolerant. You show mercy by being tolerant of people, mannerism, Habits, whatever. I said, What? Be tolerant of your husband snoring. When I first got, to my, got married to my wife, she said, You're always making noise all the night. You don't allow me to sleep. Later on, when I, when I don't snore, I said, You're not snoring. Why? <laughs> no one is perfect. No one has it all. Now, mercy is to, 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 to consider it to them and say, oh, that's how he is. That's how he is. Nabal's wives told the people that came. They said, that's how he is. First Samuel 25, 25. As a man's name is, so is he. So, Ephesians 4, 2 says, forbearing one another. What does that mean? It means to accept each other. We are always trying to change people. It's not your business. That man is not malfunctioning. That's where God made him. That's what God made her. I always tell people, some people say, I have to sleep now before my husband will love me. Look, God who made elephant also made mosquito. The mosquito, the, the elephant does not have to become like a mosquito. That is the ministry of mercy. Do you know when you accept people, you won't see those things anymore? When you accept them. Because that's what God is trying to make you this year to see. He wants to give you capacity, insight, teaching, training. You see, and when you accept people, you have a bigger heart. Samuel 19, verse 32. He said, I will run in the way of thy commandment when thou hast enlarged my heart. You know, before I started traveling the world, 
I had so many idiosyncrasies about the food people eat. I remember when I went to Eritrea. Eritrea used to be part of Ethiopia. I went to Eritrea. The way they feed in that place was so strange. I said to myself, I will not go back there again. What they do is that if you are coming at a special visitor for the first time, you will be allowed to put your hand into a plate and eat. You will just be allowed to open your mouth like this. All the people there, about 50 or 60 of them, they will take anything and put your mouth. <laughs> and every food that they make was full of vinegar. It set the seat on edges. But you see, when I accepted them, I never saw that again. When you accept people, you don't have to drop the I's across the T's. So the first expression of a ministry of mercy is to accept people, be patient with people's peculiarities, and the other, Ephesians 31 says, make allowance for each other's fault. Make allowance. I come to a point where some people don't offend me again because I make allowance for them. There are some people, even when it is rapture, they will come late. So if you want them to come by four, you say three o'clock. By four, they will eventually show up. So make allowance. Concede it to them. Accept them because you may not be able to change them because that's the kind of person they are. There was this man who used to sing for Billy Graham. He was a song, he was he led songs. He was the one that usually plays solo, you know, who sings solo. Billy Graham said it one occasion, he said, he is very sure that when the rapture occurs, that man will come late. He said, because I've only known him to be a late comer. He said, we come late, but we will sing to compensate for it. So the first, <laughs> in dealing with people, we need to know they're imperfect. We should be ready to accept them just as they are. They accept them just as they are. We try to change them. I mean, there are some wives that are killing themselves because the man will not tolerate her like that. I remember years ago, the only definition of beauty is to be slim, like mosquito. But now, there are giant, bold, gigantic, enormous, and colossal women. And that does not deal with their beauty. One of our members came from United States so many years ago to our church in the Lord. He was looking for a wife. So I went for the Lepatios. I said, okay, pass, pass in front. The man looked at them, you know, pass, you see? All the slim ones, I thought that from America, it must be Lepatios. Size eight, size four, size six, size zero. And he now said, he said, Baba, please come, come. I said, why? He said, I want something that when I hold, I too will know I'm holding something. So I sent the word. I sent the word around the churches. I sent the word around the churches. So they got someone for us in Obama, sir. That one was the only gigantic and all that. People had beards, you know. And the man said, hey! That is mercy. That is mercy. Make room for people to say idiosyncrasies, mannerisms, whatever they are. So that is what I will remind you of. Accept yourself and accept others. Accept them the way they are. Accept them just like. Try and see you can moderate and help them. But only God can change people. Husband can change wife. Wife can change husband. 
There are some things about my wife after 35 years of marriage, I've not been able to change. And there are some things about me 35 years after, she's not been able to change. We are still talking about it this morning. He said, he said, you won't change. I said, he said, but I, so I accepted the wrong way do. Now, that is the first definition. To be patient with people's idiosyncrasies. Number two, a second way of showing mercy is by helping anyone hurting. Anyone that is hurting. Anyone that is hurting around us. Usually, there are many hurting people around us. But too often, we are too busy to notice. If we really care, we will be aware that people are hurting. I mean, when Joseph was in prison, in Genesis 40, verse 1, the Bible said, I mean, the chief butler, the chief baker, had been thrown into the gulag by Pharaoh because they offended him. When he saw them one morning, he said, something is wrong here. Something is wrong here. But some of us will say, who does not have a problem? Which is true. But you see, we should be our brother's keeper. Mercy means with all your problem and all your issues, still help somebody with theirs. In 1 Samuel 30, when David came back from the war, he found that the city had been attacked by some armies of some, some of his enemies. They took his wife, took his children, took everything. And they left. The Bible said people wept until they no longer had power to weep. But he saw, David sought the face of the Lord. And he asked God, should I pursue? God said, pursue. And without fail, you recover all. When he was going after to get his wife, they saw a man by the road who had become sick, who was tired. They did not even know that that man was going to be the link to discovering the people who had come into David's territory to, to steal his wife, children, and many other things he had. They fed him. After they fed him, they gave him water. He drank. Then they asked him, please, we are pursuing so and so and so and so. Oh, so the man said, yes, I was one of the people that came there to destroy the place. But when we were going, I became sick. He said, but what, what place did you plan that you are going to go to? And the man leaked the secret. And that was how David was able to pursue and overtake. A day will never come when you and I will not have issues. And so we cannot use that as an excuse. We can't use that as an excuse. A day will never come when you have a problem-free life. Someone said to me, is it possible? I said, it's not possible. Some people, their problem is that they don't have a husband. Some people, their problem is the husband they have. Some people, their problem is that they don't have a job. Some people, the problem they have is their job. Some people, their problem is that they don't have children. Some people, the problem they have is their children. So in all of these things, even while you are leaning on a crutch, you can still hear. That is what mercy is about. You know, helping anyone, hurting around you. Proverbs 3, 27 says, Say not to anybody, Go and come back, and then I will give you what you want. He said, don't say that. Whatsoever you can do now, do. We are not asking you to solve all the problems. 
But the very bit that you can solve, solve it. The very bit you can do, do it. So that is the second definition of mercy. Let me say this to you. There are people in our lives, in our area, that God intentionally put there to allow us to practice mercy. God put some people in your life so that you can practice mercy. They are always broke. That's why God put them in your life. So that you can always practice. I mean, practice mercy. They are always having issues. You know, there are some people, one time there was this man in our church. Whenever I see him, I dodge. You know, if the pastor is dodging. You know that the thing must really be very serious. Because I have never seen him at any point in time without a need. But you know what? God told me, he said, the reason for you is him. He is there so that you can show mercy to him. I started showing mercy, started showing mercy. Then one day he said, Daddy, is enough. Thank you very much for taking care of me. I want to begin to take care of you. You see, in the day God tested me, I passed. The trial of your faith. Be more present than of God, though it's with silver. Should be found unto honor at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So important for you, my brother and sister, that you know that there are people around us that it's for your sake God blessed him. All the money you make is not for yourself. What you make is supposed to be scattered. The position you are is because of the people who need the position. It's because of people who need the position. So when you are in that position, learn how to show mercy. In that way you are showing to yourself in righteousness. And you are going to reap in mercy. Romans 12, 8 says, Let us show mercy with cheerfulness. One translation says, If you walk with the disadvantage, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. I walk with the disadvantaged people. I don't allow their situation to depress me. I don't allow their station to make me say, I won't help anybody again. I won't help anybody again. No. It is for these same people that God put those people in your life. There is a purpose in God's heart for people that he allows around us and about us. This is what mercy is like. This is what mercy is like. Showing mercy by helping anyone hurt him around us. Hurting people all over the places. And you have eyes to see them. They may not be bold enough to make the approach, but be a sensitive spirit person. That's why God is teaching us how to be against your masses this year. Because God is going to send us into places to enrich people. God gives you riches to enrich people. Whatever God gives you is not for you alone. It's for you to give. Read Deuteronomy chapter 15. From verse 1 to the end. You'll understand the fact that not supporting people around you will reduce the wealth you have. But there is he that scattered and yet increases. But there is he that we told more than is necessary it generates to poverty. Number three. A third way to show mercy, listen to this, is to give people a second chance. That was what Jesus did to Peter. He gave him a second chance. Normally, when someone hurts us, we want to do 
one of these things. Either get even or write them off. That is our normal natural inclination. When people hurt us, but you see, let us give them the benefit of the doubt. That is mercy. When you give people the benefit of the doubt, when you give them a second chance, second chance, second chance. God is not just a God of second chance. He's a God of eight chances. Proverbs 24, 16. Seven times a righteous man will fall and he will rise up. Micah 7, 8. He said, my enemies, do not rejoice over me. For when I fall, I will rise again. Let me say this to you. And this prophetic key as I was preparing this message. It is my great and happy desire that household of David will be a place where people can start all over. You know, nowadays in the body of Christ, ah, that man did that. Ah, it's finished. No. Mercy says, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Our Lord has not judged a man until we have heard what he has to say. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him a second chance. Today in the body of Christ, we are the people who are destroying our wounded soldiers. We don't give people benefit of the doubt. You lost the first marriage. We say, ah, diversity. Diversity. And you see, and let me say this. If God will mark iniquity, you were not divorced. God sees you and knows you. This church be known that look if you want a place that will give you a second chance, go to household of David. Where people are accepted, where they are given an opportunity to start all over. If they lose their money, like Job did, get opportunity to start all over. Begin again. Don't let us write people off. It's not over until it's over. And it's not over yet. Give people a second opportunity. Let us be the church where people come and we don't judge them. We have mercy on them. We know you messed up in your first marriage. We know you had a child out of wedlock. We know that is what mercy is. It gives people opportunity to start all over. It is my greater desire that I said that this church will be known as a place. There are some churches you go Everybody there have failed before now. There is one of the churches of my son in London called Harmony Christian Center. They call themselves the home of the restored people. You see people who have gone completely, some of them on drugs, some of them have failed in life, some of them their marriages were wrecked, some of them have lost money, some of them have lost health. And you see when you go there that everybody has his car. But you know what? God said, I will restore to you. That he has with the locals, the power of the capitalism are sitting. So, this church, let us practice this in such a way that you tell them seven times a righteous man will fall. I've had to work with some of my sons in the ministry who messed up things. I have sons in the ministry who went to prison. Prison. If you see them today, you will never know. 
Nobody wanted to accept them. But I said, the church of God is in hospital. No one is perfect. We must give people the benefit of the doubt. One woman told me, he said, my husband committed adultery the first time. I forgive him. Committed the second time. I forgive him. Committed the third time. I forgive him. He's got three children out. I said, but you're still married. He said, yes, sir. Seven times. A righteous man. He didn't say an evil man. Proverbs 24, 16. Seven times a righteous man will fall. But at times, some churches were so quick to summarize that those people are failures already. Because you fail for the first time, doesn't make you a failure. What makes you a failure is when you do not stand up. That's the message of grace. Second Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you have sufficiency in all things. You will be able to abound unto every good work. I've had sons in the ministry who went on drugs when I say drugs, they lost their marriage, they lost their ministry, they lost their health, they lost their position. But like something, their hair started growing back. Job 14, 14, if a man died, can he live again? He said, all the days of my partner time will I wait until my change comes. Let's stop writing people up so quickly. Ah, that man, I see the show. Who told you that? Because I've not seen your own, have you? He's not finished. God is still working in him. Philippians 1 6. It's a big covenant of everything that he who has begun a good work in you, he shall perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is what mercy is about. One of our members came and said, I went to the house of so and so brother, and I spot, saw, met him smoking Indian hemp. I said, is he from India? He said, he was speaking of, he was speaking in the hemp. I said, I said, what? He said, ah, I've, I've stopped, I've stopped, I've stopped. I said, no, no, no. Because they didn't catch you. What you are smoking, only God knows what you are smoking. That is what mercy looks like. It means to give people a second chance. That is the third point there. So let us be known as a church where we give people another opportunity. Another opportunity. Another opportunity. You loan him money, he does not return it. Eventually he returns it late. He comes to loan again. Well, you can still give him. You see, for so long in my life, I was giving loan to people and they were not paying back. So I changed my style. I don't give loan anymore. I do Proverbs 19.17. Whosoever give it to the poor, lend it to the Lord. So it's God I loan to. And that which he gives, shall be given back. It's only God who can guarantee the loan. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? So I started, whatever they cost, ah, I need 100,000. Ah, sorry. I don't want another. Get 30,000. Don't turn into If there are three people like me, you won't borrow anything anymore. So what I'm saying is this. Be that kind of a person, learn to give people an opportunity second time. That is what mercy has to do with. Number four, another way to express mercy is to do good to those who hurt you. Do good. The Bible says in the chapter 6 verse 18, 
You have to do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. Doing good is not going to be easy to those who hurt me. But doing good is the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. Not because it's going to be the easiest thing to do. No! Deuteronomy 12, 25. Deuteronomy 12, 28. Deuteronomy 13, 18. Deuteronomy 21, 9. He said you have to do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 3. Do good. Psalm 34, 14. Depart from evil. Do good. Do good. Do good. It's going to cost you to do good to those who hurt you. Now let me say it like this. Mass is giving people what they need, not what they deserve. What they need. What does, what does he need? Not what he deserves. If you and I have received what you deserve, we probably don't be alive now. There are many things we all have done at one time or the other. The time of ignorance. If God had given us what we deserved and not what we need, we will not be alive now. That is what mercy is. That's what mercy is. The people, the people whom we want, uh, ordinarily or ironically, the people whom we want to love, they are the, we are called to love, they are the least that we want to love. The people who want, we ought to love, they are the least of the people that we want to love. But God wants us to do that. Love your enemies. As a young Christian, I read that thing. I could not leave it alone. Love my enemies? Love my enemies? But I remember, it happened. While we are yet enemies, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he showed me the example. He did me good when I was hurting him with my sinful ways. When you backslide, you hurt him. But does he stop loving you? Does he stop pursuing you? He never did. Do good to them who hurt you. Let me say it like this. The natural thing to want to do to those who hurt us is to hang them. But instead of that, we need to actually hang on to them. We need to hang on to them. The natural thing to do for those who hurt you is to hang them. But you need to hang on. You know why? Without you showing them mercy, they may have no hope. They may have no hope. Without you showing mercy. So do good to those who hurt you. And let me say this to you. I just like, we are summarizing that point here. Let me say this to you. If someone offends you and hurts you, is under you. If you hurt them back, you're on the same level. If you show mercy to them, you're on top of them. When you show mercy, you're the one in control. The person who has caught you begins to apologize. So the natural thing that comes to us when people hurt us is to hang the person. I won't want it. I don't want to have anything to do with you again forever. But you know, you are his hope. If you don't do it, there may be nobody else to do it. 
if you don't help them, there will be nobody else to help them. You are probably the only person that has the heart of mercy. Because mercy is not much in the world now. Husband and wife fall, away, fall out. I love something that a man did in Ilori. He built duplex, two duplexes. One here, one here. He was living in one and had a tenant in the other one. When him and his wife had a problem, you know what he did? He just left the woman in that duplex and moved to the other one. So I asked him, he said, eh, where will she go? With five children. Is even if I find it difficult to stay in the same house with her, I don't imagine someone to take our responsibility with five children. The man still did good when it was hot. That is what mercy is. So it's important for you to have this correct perspective on mercy so that God can use you as an agent. Mercy transforms the life of anyone that you express it to. Mercy transforms them. Mercy transforms the life of anyone that you express it to. It conquers when nothing else can. It conquers when nothing else can. Let me tell you something happened. Listen to this. It's a story actually I'm aware. A man and a woman married and they were living in the same house. This woman, because she was overly jealous of the man's mother, went and did some medicine to hurt the man. Eventually, the thing turned around and she became mad. And her madness was so grotesque, she got mad inside the house and just went across the street. That was where she was for 13 years. This man, who knew that the reason why she was mad was that that was what she planned for him, was taking food there three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For 13 years, across the street. After 13 years, one day, the woman just walked back into the house. Same. Heal. That is the power of mercy. He was doing good even when it was hot. He was doing good. When, all the kind of prayers that say, follow that, die, follow that, die. That's not Christian prayer. That is not biblical. That's not biblical. Where is the place of forgiveness and overlooking transgressions? Where is the place of mercy? Agents of mercy must do things differently. You must do things differently from today. Number five. A fifth way to show mercy is to be kind to those who offend us. I love this. Kind to those who offend us. The very people who crucified Jesus Christ, they offended him. They were not the people, they were not the people that actually ordered his killing. But mercy is to be kind to those who offend us. Now, Matthew 18, 7, he said it's impossible that offense will come. Luke 17, 1 said it's impossible that offense will come. 
But when people offend you, can you be kind? Jesus looked at those who are nailing him to the cross. Look at what he said to them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Now that is being kind to those who offend you. Peter broke the heart of Jesus. You see, I am one of those people who seem to believe that if Judas had repented the way Peter repented, probably he couldn't have been to commit suicide. Because that's what mercy is. Mercy, there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my body so far liberty at Calvary. You see, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I want to invest with madam. I was the one of the worst kind of human beings you can ever imagine. I smoked with my nose and brought the smoke out with my mouth. I was remember in those days, court was just coming up in university. In those days, university but area was coming up, Bucania was coming up, pirate was coming up. But we had our own known as hefty underground devil union. Hefty underground devil union. Let me now tell you something that happened. Some of you probably know Reverend Emiko Amoshuka. Reverend Emiko Amoshuka happens to be we on the same floor. He was in A3, I was in A9 in our final year. So I decided that every time he will be praying, and when he prays, my magical powers cannot work. So I decided to, to, to do something to him. I went and looked at the place where he used to study. Chapel of Resurrection, there on that area. So I went and bought those big traps that they used to catch grass, grass cutter. I bought two of them. Made sure I sharpened them properly. I, I, I cased the joint where I used to study. I went there about two or three, three, four, four times to be sure. So I said, okay, fine. So I decided on the day I was going to cut his leg. I had already set the trap. I know how he worked. I already set the trap. All he was to do was just put the right leg, boom, and the left leg, boom. And I went and sat there and I hid inside the bush. And he was coming, he was singing. I know he was singing one of those I was so irritated. I said, I'll kill you today. I'll kill you today. I'll kill you today. When he got near to the place where my first trap was, he had a book in his hand. The book just came out like that. So he followed the book, he picked it up, and he joined the road back, leaving my two trap behind. But that was not the end of it. For some strange reasons, from that day, he would come and knock on my door. Have you eaten today? Ah, Oh, this man will kill me. I mean, I mean uh, <laughs> this was somebody, but he showed kind. You see, if there was something that, if there was something that warned me, I just said to myself, what will I do with this man? The thing I said, you didn't touch it. Now you have given me food. I, I don't understand what that can be. So what am I saying to you now? This is something we need to do. Be kind to those who offend us. 
Let me give you one testimony here. Kind to those who offend you. When our ministry started in the learning, you know, it was a new ministry in town and we used to pray in tongues, sing in tongues, and so do all of those things. And people did not like us. They thought that we were just like a terrible movement and their church members were coming to our church and so on and they didn't like it. So, one man among them now had this TV program. TV program. This is what mercy is. Be kind to those who offend you. The man now came on TV and said, there are some churches nowadays, oh. And then started talking. He only did not mention the name of our church. He only did not mention the name of our church. How if you go there, it is face me and face you dance. And I, I was watching him that day like this. I said, this man has offended me. He has grieved me. You know what I said to myself? I said, I will show him. God said, you won't show him. I said, what should I do? He said, write a check for six months for his TV program. You say, ah, that is what you're going to learn to do. That is being kind to those who offend you. So I wrote a check. Sent to him through one of our people. He went. The next Sunday, I was seated with my people. So let's hear what he's going to say to me. And then he said, I'm not available to be bought with money. Then he started singing a song that was very popular then. Timbaro Tomaso, Olibalo, Mede, Wine. Otito Koro, Omarayefe, Wanjaite, Michelle. You know how my head felt? I felt like, I looked at him like this. I said, God, what? He said, pay for the remaining six months. For the remaining six months, so I took the remaining six months, I gave it to him. Tuesday, I sent the check on Monday. Tuesday, he came to my house from the from, from the gate. And it's not me, oh, it's not me that I say it though. It is what they tell me to say. Oh. It is the people who are paying for television program oh, that say I should be saying it though. I, I'm not, I don't know your church, I've not been there. I say, hey, don't worry, sir. the man is one of my strongest friends now. Proverbs 14 19 evil will bow before good. The wicked at the gate of the righteous. Be not overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. Romans 12 21. This is what it takes. Be kind to those who offend you. Stephen was offended by Apostle Paul. In Acts 7, you remember? The day who stoned Stephen gathered their clothes together at the feet of a man known as Paul. He said, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. What am I trying to let you know? That is what mercy is. Now listen, we are not just talking about God's mercies. We are talking about God's mercies propelled through you who have received this mercy. As someone who has received mercy, you have a duty to also share with people. That is how mercy will touch everybody. That is how mercy will touch everybody. If we don't, if we feel I'm offended, this man offend me, that man offend me, this man has hurt me, that man hurt me, and you keep cutting people out of your life, you will have nobody left. One more point here, and then I will give you one more point, and then I will have done what I think I should do today. Now listen to this. The sixth way you can practice your ministry of mercy is by building bridges of love to the unpopular. 
building bridges of love to those who are not popular. Let me tell you this. One of the things that will win people is love. Part of love is mercy. Mercy is an ingredient of what makes up love. Let me use a testimony to explain this. I was not the first person to get born again in our family. It was a little girl. At the age of nine, she got born again. But my two senior brothers got born again before I did. And in those days, I would drink. And instead of coming in through the door, I want to come in through the window. I said, why did you remove the door from this place? They said, no, that's not where the door is. I said, what do you mean? Do you mean I'm drunk? This is where the door was when I was leaving. And they were talking and they were talking. And my brother looked at me one day and said, eh, eh. Huh? Look, the only place where we know each other is this world, though. If you die like this, you go to hell. I said, don't let me die before I go to hell. Carry me there now. <laughs> Many times, we don't know what brings people in. But how did I get saved? My brothers had one man who was their friend. I became somebody that nobody wanted to have anything to do with. Because they felt I was too far gone. They felt I was too bad a case. But this man, every time he comes to our house, instead of sitting down with my brother, he'll come and sit down with me. Is it how you judge? I said, I'm fine. He talked to me like a human being. That is building bridges. Building bridges of love toward the, towards the unpopular. You see, we cannot win our enemies. We can only win our friends. There is something called friendship evangelism. When in an attempt to get some people saved, you first of all connect them. You first of all make them your friend before you can make them God's friend. This man will come. He'll say, I'll say, why don't you go and join? I said, no, I didn't come because of them. It's because of you. Ah, because of me. I'm a Mokutu answer. Because of me. He will sit down with me. He will tell me, how are you doing? He will ask me. He was, he's a medical doctor. He's still there in Abekuta till now. He will talk to me like a human being. He was the only one who spoke to me like a human being. My own brothers never believed I was a Christian. I mean, they never believed I could change. I've become like a disaster going somewhere to explode. But this man will come. He kept coming. He kept coming. I saw in his face friendliness, neighborliness. And he said to me one day, he said, I'm getting married soon. I said, ah, where? He said, I'll be getting married in a so-and-so place. He said, I want to invite you specially. He brought an invitation letter with my name on it to invite him to a wedding. He brought the wife to me. He said, this is my wife. I want you to meet my wife. Introducing your wife to me. My brothers never introduced their girlfriends to me. This man will come and sit down. That is, that is mercy. Building bridges. Friendship evangelism. That is mercy in itself. And that is the greatest, the father of mercies. God had to die for us. Why were you seen as Christ died? The man told me he's going to get married. He said, I want you to come home. Uh, he said, that day will not be complete without you coming. I said, ah, 
Me coming? He said, yes. I wanted to come. I desire you come. Honored the day. I didn't know that this man had been praying for my salvation. Prayer without works is dead. You see, many one of the areas where Christians are getting is that nothing is wrong with our message. Everything is wrong with our approach. Everything is wrong with our approach. So he invited me to the wedding. I said, ah, we're there in plenty to eat and drink. He said, yes. He said, I wanted to come in suit. Ah. So I went and borrowed shirt, trouser, tie, and I attended the wedding. When my brother showed me, he, he waved to me. He was doing, he was doing marriage. He went to me. At a point in time, I think they were dancing around it. He came to me and said, thank you for coming. He hugged me and said, ah. Do you know that was the love that conquered me? It made the message the man was preaching irresistible to me. I didn't want to offend him. Because he had showed me that I was a human being, not an animal. He had shown me what my own brothers and sisters could not show me. Because my brothers and sisters said that this one has passed. Uh, one day, you know, they, they make food. For three days, I did not come home. On the third day, I came. And the food they made three days ago. And the wedding was there. I sat down. I ate it. And one of my sisters said, Ah, you're a disgrace to this family. Look at you. Those are Christians, though. I said, I'm a disgrace to this family. You and God. Are you not a disgrace to me that somebody like you is my sister? I'm ashamed of you. But this man kept giving me a very soft landing. That is what mercy is. Building bridges of love to the unpopular, the obscure. This was what brought me to Christ. I didn't want to disappoint him. I went there. It was when I was sat down inside. Because in those days, I don't go to church. I go to church only twice a year. December 31st, January 1st. And when I go December 31st, I'm drunk. And all I'm asking for is, I'm in here. Then I fall out. I go back to the, back, uh, to the parlor. So, I never, I was a black nationalist movement leader in UI. I was a Marxist socialist who believed that religion is the problem of the people. Together with Comrade Wolfman and Comrade Laude and all that, those were the people I worked in the company of. These were people who were anti society, anti culture, anti everything. Those were my friends. Those were my people. Those were the kind of people I flogged with. But when this man started talking, he started talking to me just gently. He said, You have enjoyed life enough. Don't you think you need to enjoy heaven too? I said, Until we die now. He said, Before you die, you have to prepare. I'm telling you. Like nothing was wrong. I said, I think about it. He said, okay. He will come and talk to me like that. I will think about it. Whenever I see him, it's like I've seen the Lord Jesus Christ. He will talk to me and talk to me and talk to me. Eventually, the day I got saved, it was not in a church service. I went to his wedding. It held in Adoikiti. And I had to go to Elisha with one of my brothers because it was late. I didn't want to go to offer that night. So he came to me after the wedding. It's his wedding, you know. He said, let me pray for you. I said, okay. I nobody will ever pray for me before. I will never allow you to pray for me. Pray for me for what? And he held my hands. and said, Heavenly Father, 
I commit this life. I can never forget those words of prayer. I will ne- I will. He said, I commit this life to your hand and for the purpose for which you have made him, for which he will live. He will live and not die to declare the good works of God. That night, that same night, I lay on the bed think, for the first time thinking about my life. Then I heard a voice. This is the day of salvation. This is the acceptable time. Resisting people and getting quarreling with them will not answer the issue. Build bridges of love that is mercy. One more. The seventh way of showing mercy or the seventh way of showing mercy is that or the seventh to have a ministry of mercy, you must value relationships over rules. Relationships over rules. All of us have rules. All of us have rules. I made a rule. I will not borrow money. I will not loan money to anybody. But if you are going to be merciful, you will set your rules aside and value relationships. So I will say, ah, that's my policy. You see, I have rules too. I don't see people on Saturday if I'm home in the morning. I don't see people on Wednesday. In those days, growing up as a young minister, those were rules. But do you know that when people that I have a relationship with wants to see me, I suspend the rules. That is mercy. That is mercy. I don't usually loan money to people. I suspend the rules. And I emphasize the relationship. You may have made up your mind on some things that there are rules and regulations. Don't, because of rules, lose relationship. In the days of Jesus Christ, Matthew 12, Jesus was going through a field of corn with his apostles. These people have not eaten for three days. Why Jesus preach? He does not preach for one and a half hours like I've done. He preaches for longer period. And the rule says, on Sabbath, you should not do anything. But this time, the apostles just were so hungry, they didn't even cook the maize. They plucked it raw. And they were eating it. And the Pharisees said, ah, why do you allow these people who are your apostles to be plucking maize on the Sabbath, knowing that they shouldn't do anything like that? He said, the Sabbath is meant for man and not man for the Sabbath. He said, relationship. These people are hungry. These people are hungry. These people have no place to stay. These people have been listening to message for three days. Their soul is filled, but their body is famished. He said, consider that. That is what many people do in the body of Christ. The rule is, don't get pregnant before you get married. Oh yeah, we know that's the rule. But what of you they have got it pregnant? Do we not throw away the baby and the water? We are not saying this to condone people. Are you listening to me? But rules can be adjusted and amended. There are certain exceptions 
to every rule. There are certain exceptions. And even in your life, value relationship above rules. In that way, you are showing mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, God has called this year a year of mercy. You will experience mercy, but you are also going to be an agent of mercy. Unless you do not want to use what God wants to give you, that is when you not become an agent. So begin to look at your life in the, in the light of the things I've said tonight and make adjustments, make corrections. I have been a Christian for 40 years and I know what I'm talking about. I have seen people's life change completely. Let me just give you this testimony and then I will. Normally when I when I travel and pass when I travel and go to places I don't sleep in pastor's house. Or do I stay in members house? The reason is very simple. Some years ago I went to a pastor's house in Miami, Florida. I was preaching for the pastor and I went to his house. I mean, he said, he didn't have money, so he said, I should come. So I went and stayed in his house. The program started Thursday. I preached Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. Friday morning when I woke up, I had somebody beating something and speaking in tongues. So I came out. I saw pastor beating up his wife. I'm speaking in tongues. So I asked him. And the wife, when he was beating the wife, she will carry tape, throw it out. Carry uh, television, throw it out. Carry chair, throw it out. So I asked him, why are you praying in tongues? He said, I'm asking God for forgiveness. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you rules and regulation and relationship. So, we slept. On Saturday, we slept. We went to service. We slept. Sunday morning, we woke up. I saw the pastor's wife was not prepared to go to church. So I looked at her and I said, aren't you going to church? He said, I will go after. Immediately I, I got out. His husband also, her husband also was coming from the room. The woman brought out the gun. He said, I'm going to kill you today. That's me. He told me, he, then he told the husband, he said, he said, if I kill you, it will be an easy way out. Is this man that came from Nigeria, I'm going to kill her. So that when I kill, his, the offense will be on your neck. Because you are the one who caused it. But aggravated, uh, whatever he called it. So the one pointed at me. The one said, hey, sir, don't make any move. He said, all those things you see in the movie, it is female. They act it. He said, this one is serious. He said, I've been learning how to shoot for six months. He said, so I'm going to kill you today. Ah! Oh, Lord my God. When I know some wonder, consider all. The, man, the woman pointed the gun at me. Who are there? 10, 11. When they did not see us in church, they sent two elders to come and call us. The two elders came. She had the gun on me like this. She put the gun to my stomach. He told the husband, I said, don't push me out. And I was saying to myself, what did I, where did I come here to? What, did I, what, what am I looking for? What, what am I looking for here? And so, <laughs> so the man, 
I mean, the, the woman, when the two elders came in, he said, okay, move, move. He did not touch the elders. He said, I said, all three of you. He said, before you come, I would have shot him twice. So you can see how close it is. And if you think I am playing, she do like, you do it go like this. Bah! He said, I will kill you. I started saying to myself, what did I, what is all this now? I will have said, get in the learning. Who forced me to come to this place now? To call the laundry shot, where it was about one, the whole church now came. And then she released me. Ah! So that day, I made a rule. I will never again sleep in the house of a pastor in America. That's not even the first. So many other things I can tell you. So, many so I made that rule. Some years ago, I was in a city in Texas. And one young man, a pastor, I know him and all that. He said, Daddy, I just want to invite you to my house. You know, I've been mentoring him and mentoring his wife. We've been mentoring them like that. And he says, I want me to... So I said, ah. I said, I've made a rule. I don't sleep. I said, even if I finish 2 o'clock, you bring me. He said, no, no, I want you to rearrest my house. Ah. Oh. Now what is mercy? You set your rules aside because you value the relationship. So what did I do? I first of all prayed. I know Texas, almost everybody's got a gun. So I went to this man's house. We did Bible study in the evening. We did Bible study in the morning the next day. I prayed with them. And they put me in one room. They said that's their daughter's room. The girl is 21. She had gone to the university. That's their, her room. So I went there. When I was going to sleep at night, I locked the door. <laughs> so I had my rules. My rules were set. So to go to the church, I went to him. I mean, I had that Bible study with him. So I left town. Three years later, I was back in that town. Listen to what happened. I told them when they came and saw me. I said, before you said anything, I said that last time. It was my relationship with you that was more valuable to me than the rules I've made. That is what mercy does. That was why God had to set aside the law and bring Jesus Christ. He wanted a relationship with his children. He wanted a relationship with his creature. That was why he said, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not aside. And told us, and Christ died for us. Now let me now tell you what he said. The man now said to me, say, sir, you don't know this. He says since we got married 15 years ago, um, more than 15 years ago really, he was telling me then. He said, I had a child, that child out of wedlock, both of us. He said, there has never been a day or two that we did not quarrel. He said, that Bible study you had with us, that prayer meeting you prayed with us, healed our marriage completely. That is the power of mercy. He said, but that's not all. He said, this girl that I told you, my daughter, said she has been bedwetting. 
since the day of her being a child. And she was still bedwetting. She went to the university. So what we did was that in faith, we bought a new mattress and we put it on that bed. And we believe God that when you sleep on it and she sleeps on it, she will not bedwet again. That is the power of mercy. He said, and when he said, from that time till today, she has not been with the color. The color now she even had a boyfriend. The color said, Come, thank you very much, sir. I, I said, I didn't do anything. God's mercy to me was expressed to her when you set aside rules and regulation and you elevate relationship. Shall we rise on our feet? God bless you. Come on, rise on our feet. God bless you. God bless you. Lift up your hands and pray. Pray, pray. Just pray in tongues, pray in understanding, pray in tongues, pray in understanding. Go ahead, talk to the Lord. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.